Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Good grief. Is it really the end of August? Wow. Okay, it's all right with me. I hope it's okay with you because we are about to roll into September. We have a new moon mission happening. We have uh, lots of things to talk about in the garden world because we may want to talk a lot today about what happens when it gets too wet because things are going to be pretty wet over the next period of time. But we've also got a lot of fall gardening to cover and a lot of questions that you all sent in to me this week at mamaonair at yahoo.com. So I had a chance to think about them. But this, my friends is weekend gardening and that's the place where you can call we can talk about what's growing what's not growing what you'd like to grow what you wish wouldn't and all of those other sorts of concerns but we've also got a text line so here are your numbers write them down if you don't already have them triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven that is the super talk call line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five is the c spire text line i got uh an email this week to tell me that, um, indeed, I talk too fast. <laughs> so I'll try to at least give the numbers out a little more slowly. There's just so much to say. There's so much to do, okay? For example, I, uh, this, when I get emails about things that happen, that the, the, are unexpected things that happen when you're trying to fix something else, something else breaks, it's always troubling. And in this case, someone had their tree pruned, but something happened, and when one of the branches came off, a big piece of bark on the side of the tree got scraped off. Well, first of all, that tells you that the, the pruning was too close to the, if that's in fact what happened in, in literal sense, if you cut off a branch and it slides down the trunk, then it's really, you're really a little too close to the trunk with the cutting. Generally speaking, if we're going to cut off a branch that is, you know, bigger around than your wrist, you want to slope that cut out away, and you also want to make it so that you're about, you have a little bit of a collar where the actual trunk is so that you don't end up having this happen. So what do you do after that does happen? It is exposed in this case, and uh, the person who sent me the email said, I'm worried, is it going to kill the tree? Well, unfortunately, we don't know. Um, the bark's not going to grow back specifically, and the tree will be stressed. Now, this is where old-timers would pull out the jar of black pruning paint and start, you know, covering up that, the, the, covering up the torn bark area. I don't recommend that. It actually seals in more pests than it relieves. The idea was that it would keep things from getting in there and destroying the tree. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that, and then we've got lots of research to tell us that. So instead, leave that space open to the air, spray it right away with a, a full-service garden pesticide of one sort or another. Um, you, you, you need to have something for 
tiny insects, you need to have something for large insects, you need to have something for creepy crawlies, whatever might be getting in through that wound. And a lot of people choose to use neem for this. Some people combine an insecticide and a fungicide. It just depends on your particular taste, but you need to use something that has both those properties, maybe even a miticide in there, which neem will have. But the idea is we do that, and then you do cover it, but you cover it loosely. You essentially are putting an ace bandage on the area rather than an actual sealed-up cover so that you can keep it out of the direct sun. That will sunburn, and, and it'll be difficult on it in that case. So you're trying to keep it shaded. But you also want to be sure that you can go back in and spray it again in another week or two, particularly if you live where it's going to be very rainy. All right? So that's just one of the things that's going on here that you might want to know about. Um, I'm I'm happy to say that the uh, branch that fell out of the tree, when you have neighbors with trees and you have trees, sometimes it's hard to tell exactly which tree discharged the limb that hit the truck that knocked view mirror, the but side view mirror rather, all of those kind of things. But when you find most of it in the bed of the truck, you kind of have to look straight up, and it was my neighbor's tree. But they're nice to me, so I can't really get too mad. And it's not broken. It's just one more dent in an already fairly well-dented truck from various things like that. Then one of the questions always is, what do you do with that log? You know, do you put it, do you chop it up? Do you, this one is really old, completely covered up with lichen and some other things that I don't even quite recognize. So, yeah, I'm going to cut pieces off of it and put it somewhere I can watch it grow and put the rest of it in the burn pile. I think that'll be the best approach to that. Trey's got pears. Is that pears? Yeah, that looks like sand pears. Really wonderful. Beautiful picture. I tell you what, this is season when we are really getting an opportunity to pick a lot of those fruits, particularly the sand pears and the other kefir pears and those kinds of things like that. Um, this is this has been a good year for them. I hope that yours are doing well. <laughs> now I realize it's not quite as hot as it was in many parts of our area. It's possibly more humid and uh, possibly more more troublesome in the way of getting out to get into the garden. But at least at my house, things are fairly shaded the last couple of days, and I am not, um, for the for people who are concerned about me, you know, I don't live where it's likely to flood, so that's the good news. But even so, you have to be concerned about what's happening to the plants that are sitting in so much water. My house had more than six inches of rain in 24 hours. And I have some plants that look like it. I have some others that don't look the least bit. They don't even seem troubled at all. But um, I, I didn't. I had peas re-sprouting, field peas, and all these kind of things that I didn't expect. If you have been feeling like it is hotter, well, it isn't necessarily hotter, but it does feel hotter. This, according to UC Berkeley's work, they're basically the people that invented the notion of the heat index. And um, that was, I don't know, half a century ago or so, 50 years maybe. How hot it is, as it feels on your skin as the humidity increases. But now the extremes are more common, and really, apparently the heat index is not even doing it, not telling us everything we need to know. If you believe that it feels stickier, it does. It is, in fact. The higher heat index means that the human body is more stressed, and the uh, National Weather Service 
at the moment considers anything in a heat index above 103, which we certainly have had here across the southeast in the last several weeks, um, that's considered to be dangerous. And if you are in the southwest, if you happen to be in Tucson, where right before the monsoon the heat index was 127 degrees, that's considered don't go out of your house. (laughs) Now, they don't have air conditioning for the most part either, so I don't know what they do exactly, but that's really considered um, devastatingly dangerous, very, very dangerous. The problem is our numbers are actually a little bit on the low side. So now they're working on an analysis to attempt to figure out If this simple equation that calculates needs to be updated, probably does, because if you measure qualitatively the way the 102 index heat index felt five years ago, you actually feel hotter now. I don't know how they measure it. I read all of the stuff. I still can't figure it out. But their their algorithm tells us that that is true. So look for it to all be higher numbers. Um, If you've been wanting a nap, lately on a hot afternoon. There's no reason that you shouldn't. Northwestern University has just done a study of our friends, the fruit flies. Now, for those of you who might just be tuning in for the first time, why is she talking about fruit flies? Because we use them for so many forms of research. They're such basic creatures and have such incredibly big responses relative to how tiny they are. It gives us data that we can then interpret interpret, or interpolate or infer into other research and be able to test. So that gives us a place to start. It turns out that they've got a thermometer circuit, and I think I do too. When it gets to be a particular temperature outside, I want to take a nap. And fruit flies are designed for this. Does the word siesta mean anything to you? Come on now. The idea that we're going to take a nap during the hottest part of the day is really not that crazy. And in fact, now that we have found the cells that turn on and the ones that turn off in the fruit fly, we'll probably find them in us as well. Um, but this, is, this really isn't enough to, to tell you, because as the temperatures warm, we understand you know it's almost time for that next uh, USDA grow zone map, and I'm sure that there will be changes in that one, just like there always are. But as we are looking at this really scorching summer that we have endured, we understand that the baseline is a higher temperature. The night times are warmer. The, the baseline temperatures through the year are warmer. And guess what? That messes with your sleep. So maybe you do need the nap because you didn't sleep well at night. <laughs> All of this research sometimes um, can be a little bit crazy. I do find it interesting that you see uh, in Los Angeles and you see in Berkeley, University of California, are studying two different angles of the same problem. I hope they talk to each other. Sometimes stories fall together like that in the research world. Sometimes they don't. But that's why I read it so you don't have to. 888 is the phone number here. That, of course, is the Supertalk call line. 601-879-4395 brings you to me on the text line from C Spire, and we appreciate them very, very much. What are the uh, what? What do we talk about all the time? What are the chances of this or that happening? What are the chances that that limb was going to fall and not hit my truck smack on and break the windshield? <laughs> okay, because it could have four or five feet to the side. My hood would have been crushed. I'd have been in a big mess. But what are the odds of things happening? Is sometimes something that we consider all the time. People, for example, will talk to you about. 
oh, we've now got a theory out here that tells us that the planets were actually formed um, by meteorite collisions all over the place. Giant meteorite um, impacts may have created the continents on the Earth. And also some of the really big features that we find on Mars and other places. But I, that all, you know, everybody, you, you'll see that on the television or hear it on the radio. The chances of a meteorite hitting or this particular comet zapping into something or whatever it is are however extreme they are, and they somehow they seem pretty close. Well, we probably ought to be paying more attention to the volcanoes because the risk of the volcano catastrophe is actually entirely unpredictable. These other things might happen, then the idea that it'll be 50,000 light years away from the Earth or even 50,000 miles, frankly, doesn't mean anything to me. But the idea that um, trying to figure out when the asteroids are going to hit us versus when the volcanoes are going to erupt. I think we need to be doing more research into the volcanoes, at least according to the University of Cambridge, publishing in the journal Nature. They're so UK. They use the term woefully unprepared for volcanoes. Well, that's because you don't expect it. You don't know when it's going to happen. Um, This comes to us, and probably the reason I was intrigued by the whole notion of telling you about it, They describe us as this broad misconception of the risks. They tell us that our responses are reckless, which basically is telling people to run, you know, hurry up, get out of here. But I'm I'm kind of interested also in this whole business of who's studying this. The repercussions on supply chains and climate and food, we are woefully unprepared, according to the University of Cambridge's Center for the Study of Existential Risk. I had no idea that existed. I want to know more about them. I actually would probably going to end up reading some of their stuff. I didn't. I I can relate to an existential risk. You probably can, too. And if you can't, we'll talk about it. (laughs) Who knew? That's on their business cards, probably on their building. Good grief. I love it. Fun stuff. Cool text today. Um, Let's see. What you got, Angela? Um, Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know. I have to get up closer and look at it, but it looks to me like you have got um, either a phlox or a, a wygela, maybe. I have to get closer so I can see the, the leaves during the break. But Angie's in Madison with sending a beautiful picture. You can send me some beautiful pictures, too, or even some that you would like to have identified that might, you know, be a little bit less than gorgeous out there in the yard. I've got a few things you don't want to see. I blight on one of my tomatoes. You don't want to see that. But I'll be happy to help you see yours and figure it out. You can send the text to 601-879-4395. We're hearing so much about fall gardening. I'm happy to say um, it's not just because I'm talking about it. There are a lot of other people talking about it, too. I hope that you are planting beets every week. If you like beets, or even if you don't, you should plant them a couple of times. They're very, very good for you. And they are, in fact, a source of great good good naturedness, that is to say, sweet that is not sugar. Well, it's sugar beet, but it's it's a different kind of sugar. Your body processes it differently. It's also a wonderful color to add to things. And um, I I had no idea. You learn something new every day. I had no idea that you could make red velvet cake 
with beets until recently. And apparently it's real good. I haven't had it, but it was pretty. Anyway, you can seed those beets from now weekly, really all the way up to Halloween, just about everywhere that you might be listening to me. Get yourself busy. Get yourself out to the garden center if you don't already have them. If you have the seedlings yourself, get busy planting. I'm going to tell you that if you're living in an area that is likely to flood, you obviously don't want to put your vegetables out. Say good morning, John. Good morning, John. Um, I, I got a wonderful text this week from uh, John in Tallahatchie. Y'all, y'all hear me talk about his stuff and refer to his garden here. Um, but he has literally his his whole garden is flooding again, and he's going to move it again. This has been going on. You know, he's been probably been texting here for a decade, telling us about having to move stuff up off the river. But that's the way it is, and that's what we do is we adapt. And I'm in hopes that there will be plenty of time for him as well as you to plant the coal crops. Um, That is C-O-L-E. It's not C-O-L-D. I had someone write to me this week and ask me why, if they were because of the cold weather, that they're called coal crops. They're not cold. It's C-O-L-E. It has to do with their their, um, botanical family name, and it's a reference I probably shouldn't make, but people do. It is. Broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, um, oriental cabbage or Napa cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kohlrabi, and then rocking right on over into collards and whatnot. But if you've got seedlings already for any of those, if you've got seedlings of bok choy, pak choy, either one of those, plant them. It's also time, if you haven't already planted parsley, cilantro, and dill, you're about to miss your chance. So um, I planted Irish potatoes in containers right before it started raining for 24 hours at my house. They didn't float, but they are kind of wet. I got to tell you, I don't know if they're going to come up or if I have conceded them to rot. We, we shall see. That's why we garden, so we can find out one thing and another. Now listen now, you may not know this tune, but you know this dude, so listen to his voice and don't you worry about a thing. like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Hi, I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. For more than 27 years, we've been selling and servicing Exmark mowers here in central Mississippi. Whether you have a city lot, a country estate, or a large institutional property, Exmark has a mower to fit your needs. 
I invite you to come by and check out all of what Exmark and Fredericks has to offer. With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Fredericks Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment, serving you since 1993. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. This is Dave Logan, Canon Nissan of Jackson. What's new, Dave? New Nissans are arriving daily. We are now offering a two-year maintenance program on all new and pre-owned vehicles. Canon Nissan will match any competitor's prices on tires, batteries, and more. Nobody beats Canon deal. Nobody. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's creoninfo.com. My backyard, little hoard, little mowing, but the work ain't hard. It's the cutest little place that you ever did see. I've been working in the garden till I turn green. Birds and bees and heck I got a compost pile that's up to my neck I planted strawberries, corn, okra and beans I've been working in the garden till I turn green Yes indeed, yes indeed My goodness um, I, I have to say I hate it when I'm right Sometimes I said this spring You know, I think I missed one of those ornamental grasses Way back in the back of my property Where I just don't I know it came up on its own. It looked okay for a couple of years. I didn't plant it. Well, I went out there yesterday, slogged out through the slightly pretty wet place. And indeed, because I didn't prune it and I haven't fooled with it, 
it has split right down the middle. It's in bloom. And I'm warning you because you're going to go out and you're going to see these at your house or somebody else's. They're in a little bit too much um, shade, first of all, where this one came up and I didn't move it. But it has literally grown to be four feet tall. And the ornamental grass plumes are there, but the whole thing has split in half. And that's because it got too tight in the center. If we don't prune those ornamental grasses in January, most of them, if not all, are going to uh, turn into blobs that then split. They don't actually, the plant doesn't split. It doesn't give you the opportunity. It doesn't make it easier, you know, to, to get the plant apart. It just literally forces itself with so much growth to lay the flowers down. Not pretty. I looked at it for a while, turned around, and went back in the house. But eventually, though, there's not really a way to cure it at this time of the year. I will probably go out there and just cut the plumes off so that I don't get more seedlings back there in that area that is so unsuited for it. But ornamental grasses in light shade are a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I have a really great text here. This is from Tanya. They're they're um, working on a house in Starkville to reno- renovating it, and it's a nice, beautiful ranch house. You know, got that classic uh, structure to it. Good looking, big tall trees. But they would like to put some shrubs or small ornamental trees in the mixed border under that shade. And I, although ornamental grasses are not in either of those categories, they are in fact shrubs. I think that they belong here. They will lighten things up. There'll be a textural issue. You can get some that's going to be three feet tall, some that's going to be five feet tall, whatever size you're looking for. But include them in that mixed border. I'm also going to tell you that for mixed borders, I'm very, very much in favor of flowering shrubs combined with evergreens. So when you look at it in the wintertime, you've still got, let's say, the leaves of Pittosporum or the leaves of um, Japanese or, or, or Indian hawthorn, even better. But you can, those are going to be evergreen. But you're also going to have some things that will surprise you during the year. It might be a red maple, it, it, you know, a Japanese maple dwarf, or it might be the leaves that are so coppery colored on some of the smaller abelias. This is, um, you could even in this case, because there's so much space, you could put large abelias and in front of them you could put the small ones with the multicolored leaves. And then you would literally have a, a painted place all year long. But what I want to encourage you to do is get some flowers in there. There are things that can bloom in the level of sunlight that you're showing me, and you can also have them be more interesting, make the border more interesting by having that combination of evergreens and flowering plants. I will tell you this, and it's probably not what you want to hear. Do not leave a place for annuals. Okay, Do not leave a strip in front where you figure somebody's going to plant annuals. The reason is because it's too unpredictable. This is the front yard of the house, and you want this to be the place where you look at it, and it looks pretty much the same, just a little different each season. Not that it looks like you didn't do anything. And that space around a tree or that that bed in front of a house always looks less attractive than a planted one. Even though you intend to get out there with your bulbs and your annuals and things, stuff happens. Put those things in containers by the front door. And, I mean, absolutely have those flowers seasonally, but do that at the front door. It's better. It's better that way. Okay, okay. We're going to look up that plant. We're doing that one. Oh, yeah, this was really very lovely. Um, (laughs) Can't see them, but the pea picking will commence, he says. I love that. Um, How come the hybrid corn came up as a volunteer? Well, um, hybrid corn does produce seeds. 
and some of them are viable. The problem is that you don't know what corn it will be. It might be the hybrid itself. That's how hybrids eventually stabilize. For example, Sweet 100 Cherry Tomatoes. They were exotic. They were a hybrid. But they've been around so long now, they have they come true from their own seeds. And that's just the way things develop, if we're lucky. You know, and th- that corn may be the one that you liked, that you planted. But it may not. It may be one of the parents. Then that's really the, that, that's kind of the roll of the dice, as it were. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. The little Jim Magnolia's got groups of leaves turning brown. Um, then you can literally just break the limb off because it's graveyard dead. The nine-year-old trees, Bob's in Madison. I would say um, the problem, he says, started this spring. I'm going to say that this is unfortunately something that doesn't happen all that often to little Jim, but I'd be willing to bet that this plant stood in some water for maybe as much as a week, and its root root action is just that compromised. Um, If you want to keep it, prune off all this damaged part and hope for the best, but don't fertilize it at this moment in time. It's too late in the year. Unless you have a root fertilizer, you could do that, but I'm afraid we're looking at something that may or may not recover. Um, if you have sprayed it or drenched it with anything, you should let me know because that, that would tell me even more about what it did or didn't do. But because the growth is so brown at the tips of the branches, it tells me that it's it's a problem where the roots are not able to pump enough water and nutrient to the tip of the branch. I don't see any reason why it would have been eaten by anything. I'm afraid it's a root problem. Now, send me some more pictures if you want. If you've seen bugs, if you've seen frass, if you've seen any of those kind of things, they may be the problem or they may just be secondary to the root issues. And I can't see the base of the tree, but um, I can see that it's getting very, very thin. So it's something we, we do need to address that this fall. Okay? Okay. Appreciate that. I hate it, but I appreciate it. Little Jim doesn't usually do that, but it does need, it's not as picky as Leland Cypress in terms of its drainage, but nor is it as forgiving as a Magnolia Grandiflora, okay? It's it's in between those two things. Oh, my goodness. How beautiful. (laughs) Okay. This is what this is what happens when you've been here been around for a while. This person is the neighbor of somebody that I used to work with and he's identifying himself through all that and then he says the hummingbirds are off the hook out here this morning. <laughs> and that's the whole point. Yes, they have been dive bombing my in, in between the rain showers they have been dive bombing the feeder. And the morning glory that this has really been fun. I I did plant those seeds that I didn't know if they were going to come up, and they came up, and I ended up with a couple of really beautiful pots of odd flowers, one of which is a little tiny morning glory that has grown up and around and over and isn't actually in the hummingbird feeder, but it's close to the hook where the hummingbird feeder is. So the hummingbirds have been going back and forth. You would think that I did it intentionally. It's so cute. I didn't. But the good news is the hummingbirds figured it out for me, so that's pretty nifty. I like that. And yeah, those crinums are just deliciously beautiful. Good grief, that's pretty, pretty plants. Pretty, pretty plants. So nice to hear from you. They're planted next to the house, good draining and no sprays. Mm. I'm going to have to say, and this is the the little Jim Magnolia, I'm going to tell you then that you need to get an arborist out there and tell you what's wrong. 
because I can't diagnose from here. If they're in good drainage, um, it's some other problem, but I don't know what. You can either call your cooperative extension office, your county agent's office. You can go to the co-op and see if there's a tree specialist there, or you can call an arborist. Any of those folks can come and take a look for you because I don't know what that is. Okay? Okay. Oh, let's see. Um... Mike's in Brookhaven, and his his tomatoes are bursting while they're still green. Is it too much rain? Yes, unfortunately. There's What happens is that the plant, and, it, and it's not right at that moment when they burst. It's been too much rain coming up to that point. So the, the skin of the tomato cracks, and some varieties, yes, the Creole tends to crack more than the Better Boy, but both of, both of those are cracking on him. Um, what happens is that the skin can't absorb cannot stretch fast enough to to take up what the fruit is absorbing. So the fruit's getting pumped up from the inside, and it just splits on the top. And sometimes that's useful in terms of, you know, it, it tells you how much rain you've had, or it tells you this or that. usually doesn't affect the tomato, and it usually does not happen when they're green. I would pick everything and ripen some in brown bags, you know, craft bags inside the house, old-fashioned grocery bags inside the house, and fry up some green tomatoes. Because that particular group, not the next group, the next group may or may not have had too much water, but that group certainly did. It's impressive, though. I I don't know too many ones that split it green. Let's see. Um, Patty's in Corinth, and her gardenia keeps getting yellow leaves. That's not unusual. The tree is pretty, and it's bloomed, but it keeps getting yellow leaves. Okay, what do they need? Well, you've got a few choices. Um, if the leaves are all over the tree, it probably needs a little better mulch around the bottom because it's getting too much water too quickly. Too, you know, In other words, they need to be damp, but they don't need to be overwhelmed with water, and mulch will help ameliorate that situation. On the other hand, if it's just at the top or at the ends of the branches where it's turning yellow, then we, you need to prune it, and right after flowering is the time to prune. So this is the right time to do that. On the other hand, if it's only at the bottom of the tree, then you're really, you've are really you run out of fertilizer, and it's time to use an acid-producing fertilizer like you would use on hollies or camellias or azaleas. Okay, Yellow leaves are not necessarily an indicator. People will tell you that it indicates that the tree needs nitrogen. It's not necessarily that. But if they are, if the yellow leaves are only at the bottom of the tree, it's more likely to be that than than something else. Okay, okay. I have been working on. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get things growing for the fall, but as I said, my potatoes have just about floated. I did not intend. I intended to replant where the field peas were, the silver skins. But they've come back up again, so now I've got new pea plants I didn't intend to have. This is going to be a wacky season. So if you've got questions, 888 of course. I would be uh, remiss if I didn't also tell you that it, this is the time to use, if you're going to, this is the last call for fall feeding of your lawn. If you're using a winterizer product or you're using um, something that's low nitrogen fall feeding formulas, there's several names for them. This is really the tail end of it in the southeast. If you're going to do this, and, and if your lawn has just not performed well, has given you some trouble this year, maybe you even felt like you know, some parts of it were getting thatchy and too spongy and stuff, you may need to, to boost those roots a bit. But now's the last call to do that. If you want to do it, you should do it. I have uh, 
a different opinion about trees that didn't do so well. There are fertilizers that have absolutely no nitrogen in them. They are usually a 0-10-10 or a 0-20-20 formula. That's the one to feed your trees with in the fall if they have not done well for you. And in fact, some people use it, for instance, if you have a nice rich soil that's got plenty of nitrogen in it, so all the leaves have been perfectly green and pretty, you just want it to be a little bit thicker. You want the trunk to get a a larger caliper. You want the branches to to beef up a little bit. That's what Zero 2020 can do for you, and it can be used in the fall, but it can also be used in the spring. You don't have to, if you, if you buy the bag, you don't have to go then go buy another bag. It's okay. Most of us have enough nitrogen in uh, most of our properties. Okay, okay. Oh, somebody wrote to me about nasturtiums this week, and I didn't think about talking about them. That's another thing that, yes, we can plant in the fall in the southeast. They may not make all the way through to capers, you know, the seed pods on a nasturtium are the things that we pickle, and if, we're not, if we don't really have capers, we pickle nasturtium pods. It's about the same taste. And that's a, a delightful flower anyway. So I suggest if you've got some nasturtium seeds or you get your hands on some, go around, put a few seeds in, in each of the containers that you've got outside in, the, in a sunny spot. They're seeds that you would ordinarily soak or or nick like you would do morning glories or moonflowers to get them to to come on and, and sprout a little more easily. But at this time of the year, things are damp enough and you're watering those pots often enough if the rain isn't that you may or may not need to do all that soaking. So just put some of those nasturtium seeds out there. You'll be surprised as maybe the fall comes along and the summer annuals are kind of less than you would like, you know, so... You'll have some more flowers coming along. I don't know really what happened to me, but I found myself singing this song in the rain the other day. I don't think I've gone around the bend, but come on, come with me. Let's have a little bit of Ringo. This is day two of safety digging class. Why call 811? Do you see this picture? Yeah, it's a doghouse. No, it's where my wife and I live because I failed to call 811, hit a gas line, and blew up my house. Ah, one of them tiny, tiny houses. Is it roomy? (laughs) Next question. Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. 
Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Hit the road in style this summer in the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander from Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Get a sleek exterior and award-winning interior with seating for seven, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today, starting at $26,995 during the summer sales event at Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Going on now. Manufacturer suggested retail price based on Outlander ES2WD. Excludes destination handling, tax title license, etc. Price terms and vehicle availability may vary. See dealer for limited warranty and program details. Offer ends 930. 22. Hi, I'm Thomas Trammell with Family Term. With all the excessive heat we've had during this summer, mosquitoes are running rampant. Protect your family, protect your home. Give us a call at 601-933-1014 or reach us at our website at www.family-termite.com. That's 601-933-1014 or at our website www.family-termite.com. As you cheer on your home team, Community Bank is here to cheer for you. Whether you're looking to start a business, buy a home, or even just open a savings account, our team is here to help guide you to success and to cheer you on when you achieve your dreams. We take pride in serving our community by serving the people who live here. Community Bank, a community you can count on. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. When you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get great savings and round-the-clock protection, which is as beautiful as looking your firstborn child in the eyes for the first time. Well, that's a bit much. Maybe it's more like looking your second-born child in the eyes for like the third or fourth time. Point being, the savings and round-the-clock protection are really, really magical. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're speaking another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for deciding to put me in your ear today. You know, the plants that we grow sometimes are the ones that we like, and they're sometimes the ones that we don't. If you are kind enough to follow me at Garden Mama on social media, you have seen today that I'm taking complaints. Yep, it's gripe weed time, friends, and I don't care how quickly you mow, how quickly you string trim, how much you pull the weeds, gripe weed is with us across the southeast. 
and you'll see articles about it everywhere. It, it's just it's really funny because we all we get attached to some weed that we don't like, and then it's everywhere, and everybody's complaining about it. Um, if you have gripe weed, looks like it could be related to a mimosa. It's not, but it could be. It has that sort of same leaf arrangement. All right. And, but the problem is that as soon as you see it, when it gets to be four or five inches tall, it'll get to be five or six feet. But when it's four or five inches tall, it will begin blooming and put on yellow seeds underneath the stem of the plant. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of seeds, all of which will come up as they have in my back garden. You know, I, I don't mow. I mow, but I don't over mow because I like growing anything green that grows in the back end of my property. Unfortunately, that has become this week mostly gripe weed, also called chamber bitter. You'll hear that um, that name for it. But um, I, I have taken, I have adopted the uh, the, the Sir Gary Bachman's uh, term for it, and that's gripe weed. I agree. It makes me complain. Probably makes you complain too. Now, speaking of mimosas. Um, their their seedlings can be a problem. Don't don't get me wrong, but they're not gripe weed. They actually look like little tiny mimosa trees when they come up. And how do you, you know, you can spray them, you can mow them, it's, it's a whole thing. But the biggest thing is going to be that this is one of the reasons why people decide to solarize an area before they add to the house or before they build a house or before they park something there, okay? Because this is one of those plants that can really give you some trouble. Um, they're solarizing it is a good idea, cutting it down. There's also one of my fairy favorites, which of course is the scalping method. You're, you basically are mowing it down so low that you're exposing what's under the soil. And sometimes that can be done with a lawnmower or a trimmer. Sometimes it has to be done by hand. It just depends on how many you have, too. But if you will cover the entire area with that heavy clear plastic, then you you weigh it down all the way around the edges of it and just walk away. At this point in the year, you may or may not have enough sunlight to do the whole job. But on the other hand, if you're planning to build there in the wintertime, you certainly can get ahead of the problem with some solarization, as well as the scalping and cutting. Yes, sometimes burning. Um, Cheryl and Tupelo wants to know what's best to kill the chamber bitter in Bermuda grass. Oh, what a mess. Uh, she's actually in Alabama and Vestavia. Um, what a nice place. Anyway, you know, there's not a good answer because particularly if it's a new lawn, the chamber bitter shouldn't have been there in the first place. And if, if it's there... You're, what you're going to need to do is get a product that can be used on the Bermuda that's young, the new Bermuda, that will take care of the chamber bitter without killing the Bermuda. I don't know what the answer to that is, but because it's a new lawn, that's a it's a different problem. But the the issue is always an on over the top. Is we, we hear that expression so often? That's really not a thing unless. You're killing the Bermuda grass in a bed of lilies or a bed of not even lilies, but a bed of unrelated plants like shrubs. That's the thing. You can't just spray something on here that will kill the gripe weed and not damage the Bermuda grass. However, because the Bermuda grass is a grass and because this is a broadleaf weed, it's not a grassy weed, it's a broadleaf weed. That's a technical horticultural distinction. When you go to look, you're going to be looking at broadleaf weed control products that can be used in a young Bermuda grass lawn. 
Um, let's see. In, 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 uh, I don't go to a garden center, go to a co-op, go, you know, go somewhere where somebody knows something, and they can help you with that particular problem. But the problem really is that it's a new lawn, and that's when a new lawn gets invaded by weeds. It's a bigger problem than when an old lawn does. Yep, that's right. That's right. Somebody wrote to me about shower orchids this week. I'm going to have to. I like them. I've written about them before, and I grew one once. But I don't know as much as I would. If you've grown shower orchids, please let me know. Um, you can call or you can text. I would love to hear from you. Sandy's in 7B, and she wants to know if she should fertilize her flowering shrubs before winter or wait until spring. Generally speaking, we fertilize flowering shrubs right after they bloom, particularly if they're spring and summer bloomers. For example, if your gardenia finished blooming more than a month ago, it's a little on the late side to fertilize it unless the shrub has those yellow leaves that we were talking about. Um, It would depend on what kind of flowering shrub it is. So send me another note and give me a particular, if you will, Sandy, and I'll see if I can give you some better advice. There are some things that the 0-2020, of course, that I was talking about for trees can be used on those same shrubs, because you're feeding not the leaves. So that's yes, you can do that, but that's a, if they're in stress. I don't want you to go I don't want you to worry with fertilizing things that are already very healthy at this particular point in the year. You want to work on them next year after they flower, okay? Well, how long have we wondered this? My goodness. Um <laughs> Okay, email. Okay, we'll try and do that. Um Humans have always stared at the moon, probably because it was the biggest um, thing in the sky many nights. You know, you would see it when you didn't see other things. But Galileo was really the first one to force everybody to study it because of his point of view about things that was so counter to the current running trend, you know. Over these five centuries, researchers have put out lots and lots of ideas about what started the moon how did it get there where did it spin off from did it drop off of you know where this or the other a lot of people favor that whole giant um, impact theory that hypothesizes that the earth and something maybe that asteroid maybe something else smashed together and the moon flew off well researchers have actually um found something that tells us more than we knew, and that is because we have sent so many probes in the last 100, well, not 100, 50, 60 years to the moon, we, it takes a long time to study all that. You know, you think it's funny that people are still looking in the drawers at, um, you know, the Denmark Natural History Museum and finding bones that we never knew existed of a creature that we thought was extinct and all that sort of stuff. All of those things are true, but space brings back space travel and all that research brings back boatloads of stuff that they eventually have to sort through, too. So now we've found out that the moon inherited indigenous, that is to say, they were there in the first place, noble gases from our mantle, from the Earth's mantle. That's a big deal. That's the first That's the first thing that's just been beyond, well, gee, this probably happened, or, or wow, that could have because this gas shows up in the gas chromatograph and so does this one. Now we actually have an understanding of where it came from in the mantle, and that's a big, big deal. So there's, a, there's even more good reason to be supportive of this Artemis mission. Um, 
I'm going to say something I probably shouldn't say, but I've been known for that. It's going to cost a whole lot of money to run this Artemis mission. The first one is unmanned. The second one will be manned. The third one will actually land on the moon with people in it. My concern is that there are people on this planet that could write a check and do it today. (laughs) Okay? And they're flying into space with their friends. Come on, y'all. Let's do this a little more organized. Let's get to the moon. Let's go find those noble gases. I want to know more. What do you want? Well, I know I want you to stay tuned. From the smell of stale perfume And the cigarette you're smoking About to scare me half to death Open up the window, let me Catch my breath Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come She said That ain't no way to have fun Peace of mind goes a long way. As parents, we want to make sure our kids are taken care of in the future in all aspects, right? Especially financially. The Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services offers a savings program to help their clients achieve a better life experience by offering a way to alleviate some of the unknown financial worries. Mississippi ABLE is a federal program which enables individuals with disabilities to save money in tax-advantaged accounts that may be used for qualified disability expenses while keeping the eligibility for federal benefits. Learn more about Mississippi ABLE at MississippiAble.com. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation do for Mississippi? Our goal is to create opportunities for Mississippi farmers and ranchers to have a better life and make a better living. We offer education and safety programs, create scholarship opportunities, and provide health resources for our members, not to mention our agricultural advocacy efforts. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Medicaid expansion continues to be a growing topic in Mississippi. When asked about his role in pushing the notion, Drew Snyder with the Mississippi Medicaid Division said that it's a legislative decision. It's a legislative decision, and then ultimately the governor would weigh in. He would have to. He would have to sign. Um, we, what we look at is okay. What would be, you know, the potential cost, and are there, you know, we may get some questions about how this can be tailored. And, 
Snyder added that his primary focus is on providing quality care for those who are already enrolled in a Medicaid program. We're really just uh, concentrating on trying to deliver the best uh, service and care for the, the, the folks that we have, which is a, a very large number, uh, predominantly children, but you know, a lot of uh, adults that are either disabled or the primary uh, caretaker for child and their children and, and a lot of seniors. Hey, Lucky Buck here. It's time to have more fun more often. That's right, my little buckaroos. The Mississippi Lottery will begin drawing cash three and cash four twice a day. But wait, there's more. Add the fireball feature and you can increase your winnings and increase your odds of winning. More times to play cash three and cash four. More ways to win with fireball. Ah, sounds like a winner to me. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Completing the Yazoo backwater pumps would not only save lives, but possibly the livelihoods of residents in the Mississippi Delta, where flooding has taken the homes of nearly 700 residents in recent years. Several members of Mississippi's congressional delegation participated in a federal hearing on the matter Wednesday. Hank Burdine with the Mississippi Levy Commission was among them. The next step is this group goes back to Washington and they huddle up and they look at this new proposal by the Corps of Engineers and hopefully they throw politics out of this dead gone thing and they say, look, let's do what yeah. needs to be done. Let's don't put a band-aid on it and send these folks $1,500 checks. Let's go ahead and solve the problem. EPA Administrator Michael Regan told Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith in May an interagency group would soon agree on a solution. She wasn't shy about expressing her frustration that the project was approved decades ago and the pumps still haven't been built. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. High school football is in full swing and will be in full swing this coming Friday when number one Brandon takes on Oxford in their first game of the season. Number two is Madison Central. They'll play West Jones. Picayune is number three. And they will take on Poplarville. Starkville will be at Columbus this coming Friday. They're ranked number four. Ocean Springs is number five, and they'll take on Clinton. Oak Grove is the number six, and they'll take on Harrison Central. West Point is number seven, taking on Louisville this coming Friday. Oxford is number eight, and as we mentioned, they will be at Brandon. Madison Ridgeland Academy is number nine, and they'll take on Natchez Cathedral this coming Friday. West Point is number ten, they'll take on Louisville. Then it's Laurel. Lafayette, Tupelo, Mendenhall, Itawamba, Raleigh, Vicksburg, Columbia, Amory, Jackson Prep is ranked 20th. Then it's Scott Central, Popper, Bill Hart, Phil Academy, Bay Springs, and Meridian rounding out the high school top 25. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. 
Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. Only one more week before the kickoff of College Football 2022. And this week, the AP preseason top 25 was out. Alabama is number one. The coaches poll was out last week, and they also had Alabama at number one. In the AP poll, Ohio State is number two, followed by Georgia at number three, Clemson four, Notre Dame at number five. Then it's Texas A&M, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Baylor rounding out the AP top ten. Then it's Oregon, Oklahoma State, North Carolina State, Southern Cal, Michigan State, Miami Hurricanes, Pittsburgh, Wisconsin, Arkansas, and at number 20 is Kentucky. Ole Miss is the number 21 in the AP preseason poll, followed by Wake Forest, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. Mississippi State is in the others receiving votes category. In the coaches' preseason poll, Ole Miss is ranked number 24, and Mississippi State again in the others receiving votes category. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much, not only for being a gardener, but for being a radio listener and for being somebody that, well, either turned on the radio, turned on the computer, popped up the app. Maybe you're live with me. Hello, I'm live. But maybe you're listening to the rebroadcast. Maybe you're listening on demand. Maybe you're listening to the podcast. However you're doing that, I really appreciate it more than I can possibly express to you because my name's Nellie Neal and I'm known as the Garden Mama. The joy of being the Garden Mama is that I get to talk to you on Saturdays about plants and what's going on in the green world and, frankly, sometimes what's not going on. In my case... It's not that, that that ornamental grass is not looking so good. I thought about that, went back and looked at the picture. It was like, no, that wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't do that well. Let's see. It's coming in here first right off the bat on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Thank you very much for that. This is, uh, what can I do? I have a coleus that I love. It's gotten tall and has some flowers on the top. What do I do now, and how can I keep them through the winter? Well, you're going to have to turn that coleus into a house plant. And the first thing I need to tell you about coleus is that when it blooms, it's really trying to get to the end of its season because the flowers on that entire family of plants, it might be mint, it might be catnip, it might be any number of things in addition um, that are all, all related to coleus, all of them put on their seeds at the end of their season. We grow them as annual flowers. 
and that means that they grow, they, they sprout, they grow, and then they eventually reproduce, and that's the end of their life. So if you want them to keep putting on leaves, anytime you see a flower, anytime you see a flower appearing on basil, for example, all those things that are in that family, take that flower off so that you can get more leaves and less flowers. Makes a lot of sense. And in fact, it will keep the plant healthier and happier. So after you take the flowers off of the coleus, the next thing to do if you want to keep it through the winter is to make sure it's nice and healthy and happy in the container that it's in, that there's no bugs in that container, and that you've got a nice sunny spot or a bright um, additional light source inside your house. If none of those things are true, for example, if it's in the ground or if it's a big old plant that you just don't even want to drag in because it's gotten so huge, this is the time when you take the flowers off, wait about a week, let it get some brand new leaves on it, and then take some cuttings and grow yourself a little bitty coleus to keep inside. be a lot easier to keep it over the winter in that particular case. Um, she's got the, and this is another question on the same email. This is from Sandra. Um, Sandra's absolutely right. There, this happens to people. Older lantanas will bloom in the spring and then stop. And that's your cue to prune them. And because we hardly ever fertilize lantanas, it might also be the need be that they need to be fertilized. They do have plenty of time. They have weeks and weeks and weeks left to be able to bloom again. So if you've not pruned them in a long time, or if you've not fertilized them in a long time, do those things for that lantana. Makes a lot of sense to me. Ken's telling me he's going to email me this, and I said, yes, I know he's already emailed me last week, and my Wi-Fi has been dead in the water. Now, for those of you all who think that she lives in the capital city of a state and isn't in the flood zone, why is her Wi-Fi off? My Wi-Fi is off because there's so much water in my street that somebody drove up on the sidewalk and hit the pole this week. And that really has, it's still, it's still, I'm not kidding you, it's still running on a generator. I heard it this morning, drove past it this morning and listened to it. It's all, they bolted the generator to the pole. (laughs) That's what's running everything on my block. (laughs) When it runs out of gas, I just got a note on my phone that says, we understand you're having Wi-Fi problems. I wasn't before I came to work, but I am now because they ran out of gas. Someone pay attention and fix this. That's so crazy. Anyway. So he's he's weighing in today. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, that you're listening to the show, Scott, and, and, and that you're liking it. Thank you very, very much. Um, someone disagrees with me about Ringo Starr. We have lots of interesting texts today, and I can read them. You know, some days you all text me things I can't put on the air because I'm the garden mama. But that's a pretty good one. Um, let's see. What kind of tree is this? Well, it looks like it's... Uh, I don't know. I have to I have to crawl up in there and get closer to it. It's I'll do that at the break and I'll see if I can identify it. Okay? Okay. You ever think about this? We're um I, I've seen uh, the the Drew Barrymore commercials that tell us that no matter how much plastic you're putting into the bin, only 9% of it gets recycled. I don't know if that's true, but she's pretty credible source and talking about a product that's going to be better recycled at some point. We talk about recycling in the same way that we talk about reusing and repurposing. If we can't reuse it and we can't repurpose it, let's recycle it into something else. It's kind of the next step, isn't it? Well, I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting kind of tired of opening my truck door as I did this morning and there's a mask in the ground on the ground in the parking lot. There's a lot of PPE, personal protective equipment, that is kind of getting sloughed off out there, and I don't like it. You probably don't either. Well, we now have 
they're going to turn it into concrete. That's right. It can be recycled to make the concrete even stronger than it was. This is the disposable PPE, all that stuff, you know, masks, gowns, all of those things that are just in so many piles of them. And if we can possibly get rid of the pandemic-generated waste in this way, wouldn't it be a great thing? Um, I could use a I could use a, a new couple I could use a retaining wall, frankly, at my house. But the team is investigating the feasibility of recycling three types: the isolation gowns, the face masks, and yes, the rubber gloves into concrete. I think this is brilliant. I hope it works as well as their research is indicating that it will, and that that we will have even stronger concrete and get rid of all of that stuff. One more recycling story today that you may or may not want to hear, but I found it fascinating. Uh, The American Chemical Society, you know that I really appreciate their research because not only are they, they're really deep into pure and applied science, okay? The American Chemical Society has to both know how the actual principle of the thing works, but then if they don't have an application for it, it's not anything that they're going to go too far with because they have so much to do. Um, Wind power, though, is an increasingly popular form, of course, of renewable energy, but just like everything else, it has a need to replace the huge turbine blades from time to time. Well, I don't know what I can say about this, but I'll just let you make your own decisions. There's the new composite resin to make these things, to make the turbines out of, that can later be recycled into countertops, cartel lights, diapers, what? And wait a minute, one more, gummy bears. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> I'm, gen- I'm used to nature-inspiring technology by its design or by its efficiency, not by its actual thing. So I keep reading and trying to figure out what it is that they're, it's a plant-derived polymer being combined with a synthetic polymer. But how, how does that become a gummy bear? They, they've made a bathroom sink with some of this stuff. I don't know. Believe you me, more research is needed, and I will be paying attention. Oh, good. Let's see. Don, you're in you're in Gulfport today. What's going on with you, sir? Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Thank you, Nellie. Good morning. I, uh, I've i got an issue with my grapefruit again. I've spoken to you about this tree and something else, but it's mm-hmm. not the tree. It's the fruit this time. Mm. And it's something I've never seen. Uh, the bo- The bottom side of the grapefruit, a uh, few pieces of, well, quite a few of them have a circle of dark spots. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks fungal, but they, you know, but it's not canker, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this circle of, it's just black spots. I tried to send you a picture, and for some reason my texts are failing to go through to you guys. For oh, I'm reason. sorry. I don't know. It must be a um, do send me a picture because there's a bunch of citrus things that can make black spots. Well, not a bunch, but three or four anyway. And um, send it to Mama on Air at Yahoo dot com. It'll get into my email. Okay. And when the Wi-Fi works yeah. this week, I will answer you. I hate that. Okay. I'm usually so okay. efficient, yeah, I, but this week it's not working so well. But yeah, um, there yeah, there I, are I, some I, stressors. I, there's some things that can that that can some can have things done about them. Some can't. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be debilitating the mm-hmm, fruit. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, it doesn't. See, it's only seems superficial. 
And that's why I think it's kind of fungible. It's not digging in real deep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like canker like does. Well, and there's so but, many uh, things that unfortunately float around in our air, you know, and it, right, sometimes right, they find a place right. to live. But there may be something you can right. do to make the tree less hospitable. Right. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll work looking, on that for you. Okay, thank you. I'm looking for a sweet crop of them this year because there's a lot of uh, bee stings on the uh, bee, uh, yeah, bee stings and on the uh, fruit. So love it, love it. I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah. it too. I'm, I intend to get to Gulfport this year, <laughs> so I would like those grapefruits. Oh, great. To be. <laughs> great. Let us know when you come, and I try to listen to you all the time. Thank you, Don. Happens. That's so sweet of you. I don't really just show up at people's houses and take their fruit, but I have thought about it. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Send me that email, and I'll see what I can do. There are four or five things that can cause citrus trees to be either discolored or deformed or spotted or different things and, and it's it's hard to imagine until I have a picture of it in front of me yeah hmm wind turbines and recycling into gummy bears I don't know what I, I just don't know I don't know I, 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 the American Chemical Society does not usually let us down I'm sure there will be more stuff to know about that particular thing. If you have not yet gotten your catalogs, mine have begun arriving, yours probably will too. I like that they come in email most of the time now, but I do still get quite a few in the the mailbox. Um, It's time to think about the daffodils that you're going to plant this fall. You may be like me, you may enjoy very much going and getting varieties that you you know that you're familiar with and buying them locally that's my first choice but if there's something that you want to try that you've not seen locally now's the time to get yourself some orders done i have to tell you that i'm i don't see early pearl very much i really like that one and i really like early cheer double just because it's almost it's almost white and it's real fragrant it's one of the ones that when you cut it and put it in one room of your house the whole rest of the house is going to smell like daffodil in very short order i like that i think that's fun um and and it one of the other things of course is that there are daffodil issues sometimes but generally speaking once you plant a variety that is going to be perennial you don't really have to mess with it much anymore for at least three to five years and then when it's so crowded it can't bloom or it's been so wet in the area that the bulbs have sunk and they can't bloom when you you notice that you have fewer flowers or none at all that's really your cue to dig them up and divide them and move them around in the garden you don't have to do a whole lot for them the rest of the time what we will see sometimes um, it's about time now for example speaking of bulbs the red spider lilies of course that that are known in, in my home in Louisiana as hurricane lilies the red spiders um, because they do bloom pretty much along with the hurricanes generally that speaks to having had a dry summer so since the summer has been so wet um, I do believe that the spider lilies are all going to have two foot stems on them if not taller so prepare yourself for that that's generally what happens at my place if you do subscribe to all things garden mama weekly and I hope that you do by the way you can still get the um, the rest of the issues for the of this year for a, a, a fraction of the price, well, for half the price anyway, for $30 if you want to check it out. Um, send me that email and I'll get you in touch with it. But one of the things that I really like to do in the newsletter each Friday is to give you a picture or two from my garden and, and what's happening. I'm, I, I'm tending to writing more words lately and fewer pictures, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, this week it had to be why I like lizards, simply because... 
a very small lizard. The lizards have multiplied like crazy in my courtyard. I, I attribute that both to their ability to do so, but also to my ability to not stop them. Um, I, I don't use any products that will cause them issues. I make sure they have plenty of water and plenty of places to hide when it's too hot outside and also plenty of things to climb up on and all that sort of stuff. But I have never put lizards on my earlobes as earrings, and I was tempted with this one because he was so cute and so small. He was on the chai flowers, and they are so voracious. They're always after, you know, something to eat, something to drink. So they're they're busy all the time, and that puts oftentimes puts lizards up very close to you so that you can take their pictures. And this was fun for me. I really like that. Um, if you if you will. Make that change, if you will, use only naturally derived products, if you will, use anything, frankly, in the garden as limitedly as possible, you too will have more of Larry the Lizard. And yes, they're all Larry the Lizard. Um, Two or three people wrote to me about soil preparation this week, and I did answer that, but frankly, I, I hope if you're prepping soil... You are first checking its drainage and making sure that you're not digging soil that is so sticky it causes your trowel or your shovel to actually get mud on it. If it's that wet, you need to not be doing that. Um, if you if you have a, an opportunity to wait, if you need to cover it up so that it doesn't get any wetter, I'm not talking about where it's going to flood, but just in a, a an average garden site. If the soil's been so wet that you're not you're worried you're not going to be able to get it worked up to do what you want to do, yeah, you can cover it up for maybe three weeks or a month and then pull it out one day and have the opportunity to do what you want to do, which is, of course, prep the soil and get ready um, for whatever. You might be moving a plant in the, the from one place in the garden to another. You may be shopping the racks, you know, because there's an awful lot of emphasis on fall planting, particularly for trees and shrubs, because it is so good for the plants themselves. So give yourself the opportunity to do those, all of those things now, but make sure your soil's not too wet to dig. Sometimes you'll find, though, that there's a great deal to be had on those shrubs that you can't plant this week. And if you want to hold them, you should, but hold them in a space where they're not going to be in full sun and where you, you will be able to get some water to them should it become necessary, Okay. The Gemini South Telescope in in Chile is uh, quite a thing, my friends. I love the idea that we are seeing so much more of our universe just because every country wants to have a bigger and bigger telescope. We really don't understand how, well, first of all, one of the things I always had trouble wrapping my head around was that our sun is not the biggest thing in, in the universe. It just because it's so much a part of our life, you think, well, that's the biggest thing there is. No, there's actually stars, and we've documented them that are 80 or 100 times bigger than our sun, and we don't really know how they're formed. So how do we see them? Well, now, thank goodness, the Gemini Observatory is letting us see the universe's most massive known star. There might be a bigger one. This one's at least 100 times bigger than the sun. And our sun seems so large, but it's not relative to the universe. Come on now. We're feeling small, but that's okay, because guess what? We're all very green around here. This, my friends, is telling you right now how little time we have left in this segment. Stick around.
Hey, Lucky Buck here. It's time to have more fun more often. That's right, my little buckaroos. The Mississippi Lottery will begin drawing cash three and cash four twice a day. But wait, there's more. Add the fireball feature and you can increase your winnings and increase your odds of winning. More times to play cash three and cash four. More ways to win with fireball. Ah, sounds like a winner to me. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hundreds of thousands of, of Mississippians like me. Yes, please. Depend on public benefits for health care, food, and, and housing. housing. To receive these benefits, I cannot have more than $2,000 in my name. With able, I can save for my future without losing my much-needed much benefits. benefits. I couldn't plan on savings before. But, but now, I am able. able. Visit MississippiAble.com to get started. You hear those notifications? That's small businesses in America taking off on TikTok. Businesses like Porky's Hot Dogs. I have another good one for y'all today. Our peanut butter and jelly dog. Their homemade hot dog videos pull in diners from across the country. And there's Matt Fixit, your local handyman just building a business. Holy frickin' drywall repair. We've got a bathtub above this kitchen. Over a million people saw that video. And new customers are still flying in. American Small Business Booms on TikTok. This is Dave Lovell, Canon Nissan of Jackson. What's new, Dave? New Nissans are arriving daily. We are now offering a two-year maintenance program on all new and pre-owned vehicles. Canon Nissan will match any competitor's prices on tires, batteries, and more. Nobody beats Canon deal. Nobody. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream, the new degree of comfort. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thick 
weakening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-Info.com. Sometimes that's about all you can do. As Mr. Hendricks said, lay back and groove on a rainy day. Now, that's not to say that folks who are having to move out of their houses should be laying back and grooving. No, of course they should not. If you're a place that floods, clearly you have a different issue going on than the rest of us who are just trying to figure out, you know, I, I understand entirely that my Wi-Fi being off is a trivial problem. <laughs> okay, I get that. But the, the, the truth of the matter is that We've all got stuff, and more rain is not necessarily what any of us need at this moment. It does point up, however, why I'm such a big fan of container gardening. You do have a little bit more control. At the very least, you can put your hand truck underneath the container and move it out of the rain if you have to. You can cover things up, but you can also prepare soil that drains. And in some cases, we have soil that doesn't do that as well as we would like for it to. So... Anyway, this whole business of talking about more and more water has uh, just lately we're seeing every week another story about why can't we pipe all this water to the west where the drought is so tremendous. Um, And I'm not making light at all, but all of those stories that I heard when I lived out west about how you could end up in a barrel in the bottom of Lake Mead turn out to be true. There are actually things bodies that are being recovered from that reservoir, and I'm afraid that, you know, that's the truth many places, but we never considered that to actually be something that would happen or something that was real. Well, both of those things are true. So when we go looking for water, how far do we have to go? Draco constellation, 100 light years from Earth, perhaps? Yep. That's right. They are now. Did you know that there's an entire institute that does nothing but research into exoplanets? That is to say, the planets that are outside of our solar system. That's their whole life's work. The Astronomical Journal, um, we've talked about this particular researchers that are led by Dr. Cato before at the University of Montreal because he does such dramatic work. NASA's Space Telescope TESS, which does the entire sky searching for planetary signals, uh, systems, and that kind of stuff close that are sort of like ours. It sorts out the data that it gets and does that way. This is one that is much, much smaller than our sun, but is entirely covered in water. And it's only 100 light years from Earth. Only 100 light years from Earth. Wow. I can't even tell you what the Draco constellation looks like. I used to know, but I don't remember. But um, it's, an, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting prospect because anything that we consider off-planet really does make you wonder, well, why would we go there? Hmm, well, maybe that's one answer. 
Oh, John in Tallahatchie, beautiful painting this morning, The Road to the Fishing Hole. That's beautiful. Just lovely. Just, just lovely. Um, okay, Johnny, I will do that, but I'll answer your question on the air, too. There's uh, how much Epsom salt do you put on roses to make them bloom? Most people use, if it's a mature rose bush and it's springtime and you're getting ready to put Epsom salt out, most people put no more than a quarter cup of Epsom salt around the base of a rose bush, or they might mix up a spray. They would spray it maybe a couple of times, but it's, it doesn't take a great deal to get the effect you're looking for. As I've said many times here, it isn't something that I use. But I've been around people who used it. I know that rose growers use it because of the ability to keep those rose petals stronger and stiffer. It's a, it's magnesium. You know, it's doing the, doing the job that that element would do anyway. But it's also used in the bell pepper industry. Um, where farmers grow bell peppers, you'll oftentimes find a lot of use of Epsom salts because, again, it makes that cell wall thicker. And in order to ship that bell pepper from there to me, it needs to stay in one piece, which is very helpful. The other is that his red tops are starting to die, and what can he do? Red top photinia is kind of classic for that. Sadly, it does not have a very, very long lifespan. And oftentimes, we will see that they get that red, uh, the red leaf part at the top of the shrub will get leaf spot in it. And the leaf spot is not generally fatal but it does debilitate the shrub. So if you're not pruning that off every year, you could have some shrubs that begin to die. Go ahead and cut that top part off. Um, it's a little bit late to do that, but I don't want them to go into the winter with a, a sick situation. So go ahead and trim off the tips of that. Try and get as much of the leaf spot off as possible. And just re be aware that you will have to do that uh, every year. Most, people that are still growing red tops are doing that most every year. Um, oh, a good question this week about lantana that seems to be on everybody's mind today she's got a small pot of it that she's really enjoyed but she wants to put it in the ground is the fall the time to do that sure you can put it in the ground in the fall you don't want to do that today you you, you want it to be cooler weather and a little bit more moderate weather in terms of both both the rainfall as well as the heat index. So when it's a little go ahead and enjoy the lantana like it is water it, fertilize it, do whatever you need to do to it Sometime around the 1st of October, we'll be planting lots of perennials in zones 7 7B through 8 and, and on into 9. If you live in Memphis, you probably won't want to do it all a little bit sooner. Okay? Okay. There are... Um, I still don't know what kind of tree that is, but I'll work on it. I am keep staring at it, and it, it doesn't make any sense to me. The leaves don't go with the fruit, so I'm working on it in my head. Um, let's see. Okay. Well, Mike, you're in, in Brookhaven. That's a really good question. He has uh, finished picking the last of his pears, and he wants to know when to prune them. It's January. And indeed, if you don't, you get what he's got, which are long and spindly, and they tend to break when they get loaded with fruit. That's why you'll see sometimes, or oftentimes, you'll see pieces of two-by-four standing up holding the, the limbs of a fruit tree off the ground so that the fruit doesn't break the limb. And you don't want the fruit to break the limb, but you've got two choices. You can either thin the fruit when it forms so that you have half as many trying to ripen and therefore half as much weight, or you can do the pruning that's needed and do that in January to shorten those limbs. Okay? That'll be the time for that one. I like that. Um, it's a good question because we, do, we don't think necessarily that the, 
fruit tree is grown that well or that fast. But particularly with pear trees, they can put on more fruit than they can sustain. You'll see plum trees do it sometimes. You'll see pear trees do it more often. You see apple trees do that. And when that branch breaks, it's the sad day because then you've lost not only the branch but the fruit that's on it. So, oh, I'm so glad that you agreed. Okay, good. The leaves don't match the fruit. He agrees with me. We're having trouble identifying this. Uh, Mike wants to know, how do I shorten the limbs or take more out? It really does depend on the tree, but in the, for the most part, you're shortening, you're shortening limbs, and you may also be thinning the canopy. It just depends on how it looks in January. For example, if you find that you have 10 branches coming out on one side of the trunk and only three on the other side, you're going to remove some of the ones on the thick side to try to balance the tree again. That's so that it, it can grow at a what we call a thrifty pace in horticulture. It continues to grow, and it grows at, at the pace we expect instead of having too much on one side and not enough on the other. Okay, So that those are both really good questions. Um, that's funny, Bobby. Well, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I just am having trouble figuring out what tree that is because it doesn't go with its leaves. <laughs> Somebody else sent a picture this week and asked me if I had ever seen a tree that had four kinds of apples on it and how could they get one. And the answer, of course, is it's going to be tough. You need to learn how to graft, first of all, and if even if you don't graft it yourself, you would have to make sure that the four varieties that were grafted onto the tree would all be able to grow where you live. Those things are not necessarily a given either. But yeah, we do put, you'll, you'll see pink and white dogwoods grafted onto the same, blooming at the same time. That's kind of pretty. You will see, for example, um, uh, in, in urban areas where they grow fruit in, in, in cities, where it's tropical cities, not necessarily Havana, but places like that, people will sometimes graft both varieties of a pear or both both varieties of a plum tree onto the same tree because they don't want but one big tree. It's an urban area, but you need to have both of those to get the pollination going and to get the, the fruit to produce. So you'll see that done. But some of these others, like four apples on one, is just to see whether or not it would work. And because wouldn't it be nice to be able to pick a gala and a golden delicious, you know, and a couple of other, your John of Golds or whatever you like, off the same tree. Sometimes that'll work, sometimes it won't. But it, it was a pretty picture, I'll tell you. It, was, it looked like it would be a fun place to go pick apples for any reason. One of the things that are um, always of interest to me, I'm, I'm an ink person. I, I learned how to write. You were, you were considered to be okay at writing when they gave you the cartridge ink pen and allowed you to write with that. Because, you know, if you write with a, a pen with an actual ink pen, you can you can tear the paper up if you if you don't understand the light touch, and I'm not the person with the lightest touch. I, I can sew a fine seam, but I'm still not as as much as some people are. I don't do needlepoint for that reason. I'm I'm not that good at that sort of stuff. But when it came when it comes time to looking at the ink that you're using for stuff, I think it's very very important. Um, I once almost got thrown out of English class for using peacock blue ink. The teacher didn't think that was funny. I liked it. She didn't. The good news is that as ink has gotten to be more and more a part of our world, whether it's in the cartridge on your printer or whether it's on your in your tattoo, what's in the ink has begun to be very, very important. When I first became a composter, people told you not to compost the pages of the newspaper that 
were comics and things that had color in them because of the dyes. Well, it was not very long before all of those dyes became vegetable dyes, but frankly, because they were cheaper. They weren't necessarily as pretty, but they, they were cheaper. And then you could, in fact, use them in all sorts of other projects. Now we've got new inks for the 3D printable wearable bioelectronics. We talked about these bioelectronics a couple of years ago. Um, the, idea is, it's a, the idea is that the conductive tissue that we have, our skin, you know, is, is a really powerful thing. It's why we can get sun. It's also why sometimes we can get poisoned by things that go through our skin. So it's, a, it's good news and bad news. But flexible electronics, of course, do everything about ma- ma- maintaining a, perhaps you have a pacemaker or keeping track, monitoring something. You know, if you can just put this patch on you, it's going to be better than having to have an invasive procedure every time you need to have those things measured or because you want to know consistently what's going on. The researchers at Texas A&M has developed a new class of biomaterial inks and this are this is very very cool they're using them in 3d printing um, in order for it to be used in that it's got to have the ability to be used onto the skin so this is sheer thinning properties I love that in other words the, the whole at the harder they press the viscosity decreases because what you don't want is for this thing to end up making a big splat on your arm because you touched it too hard or because when the the, the technician added it to you they were using a, a different device what you're trying to get is something that can just rest on your skin and in fact they've done it they're electronically active and the 3d printed device devices rather are very elastic they can be bent they can be twisted and they don't tear up. They don't turn into a different thing because the ink is the right, is right for it. Now that's pretty spiffy. But what about the ink you put on your body? Hmm? Some people do, some people don't. I was raised to think that unless you went to the top of the line, you know, tattoo artist, you best not be doing that because you get all kind of stuff, you know, prison tattoos and whatnot as they call it. I don't mean that as necessarily getting it in prison. I mean crummy quality okay well once again my friends at the american chemical society are on top of it from um everything that we want to do body art is a thing i'm i'm a little bit i'm one of those people that i mean i have a tattoo i'm very proud of my tattoo but i don't want a whole body covered in tattoo i'm not I can't sit still that long, for starters. It takes a long time to do all of that. But I also do worry about the inks. So fortunately, the project um, there with the American Chemical Society (laughs) came from the backwards part of this. They were trying to understand what happens to the ink when you use a laser to take it off, take the tattoo off. Does that does the ink go away? Does it go into your skin? What's you know what's happening? And so then they he found out. Well, really, we don't know about that. We don't actually know about anything. We just know that people like the art, and that's if the color's good, somebody will put it on their body. So I think he's going to have the rest of his career studying tattoo ink. Um, interestingly enough, he says no dye shop makes pigment specific for tattoo ink. There's tattoo. There's ink for specific things, for everything, for these electronic devices, for your printer, for your this, but not for your body. So it goes back to where you go is probably most important. And yes, I will reveal the same person put the butterfly on my shoulder that put the rose on Janis Joplin's breast.
Measure that for me, okay? Hang on. Luckily, it's my back. You can't see it. Could see hers, though. And Lyle Tuttle is famous in that business. I bet he was using really good ink. It's still here. Well, you want to see? Come on. Come here. Let's go. Stick around. seen a field of corn or soybeans or cotton growing along the highway? Think about that for a moment. From tiny seeds comes this field of crops. You and I need to live our lives every day. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. We began much the same way as a seed of an idea that took root in 1922. In the 100 years since, the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation has contributed so much to our lives across every county of this state. From insurance to hospitals, from private property rights to road and bridge repair, Mississippi Farm Bureau has fought to make a better way of life for Mississippians, member or not. So, while agriculture is important, we are not just a farm organization. 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men and a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let Two Men and a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. Hunting and Timberland are some of the most highly valued and sought after real estate available. Hi, I'm Mike Odom, realtor and land specialist with Four Corner Properties. And from every corner of the state, 4CP is your total real estate solution. Whether you're in the market for an investment track, a weekend getaway for the family, or you want to buy or sell a home, I'm here to help. Call me today on my cell at 601-927-5018 or 601-952-2828 or visit our website, 4cplandandhomes.com. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at esisupply.net. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Feel more Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. 
I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's creoninfo.com. Now don't forget... Just because I tell you to plant beets doesn't mean you can't also plant radishes, because you can. And here in a couple of weeks, starting, of course, in the northern part of our state, because you want those things to be able to be pulled out quickly, it'll be warmer longer on the coast, all right? Let's get our dates in mind. It's still, It's going to be December before the middle of our state gets cold enough to worry about any of these things. But the northern part of our state, and you folks in Memphis, good morning, there may be a, a bit of an issue there. So go ahead and get your carrots in the ground in the next week or so. You need a few weeks of the, for them to get going, and then you want enough weeks before cold weather for them to be able to get nice and fat. If you are not... Um, if you're not interested in trying to dig up soil and get something loose enough, or if, like me, you live on a hard pan, yes, you can grow carrots in containers. And beets, too. I like beets in the grow table um, that I use. That I was you know, gifted and, and was happy to have um, from our friends in the Pine Belt Master Gardeners. But if you have any kind of a box, as long as it's got holes in the bottom of it, some big old containers, some anything, as long as you can get maybe six inches of soil in it, a little more is good, but six inches will work. You can plant these root crops, even if you don't have any soil that can be dug or you just don't want to do that. The, um, I had a note this morning from somebody. How did you, how did, how did you plant potatoes? in, in uh, Where did you get the potatoes? These were just potatoes that sprouted at my house. I have no idea what variety they are. I have no idea if they're going to make you know, really good ones. We'll see. We shall see. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's getting to be almost clover planting time, too. I'm going to plant the clover for the deer in the backyard. When's the best time? Um, not necessarily, this is apparently in McGee, not necessarily um, endorsing the idea because your, your neighbors may not be as kind to the deer as you will be, but autumn is the time to sow the clover. So <laughs> give yourself till October. Get it started. Um, I I, have, I had a deer in, in my yard again this week, very unusual, and then I saw another deer, Another young, these are young does, and I, I just, they're not going to hang around with me, they're not, they don't stick around very long, but they're a whole lot closer to people and houses, and unfortunately, busy streets. Um, I, just, I just hope they stick to the woods, 
And some places there's less woods than there was. So that might be part of why they're doing that. You know how I love my, I love music. I have uh, I've had lots and lots of reason in my life to just turn on the music and let your mind go where it's going to go, as opposed to where it would go if you didn't have music on. And in fact, I think maybe that's part of this whole issue. Tel Aviv University has got a research method that they have now developed that employs music, okay, to determine and detect mental deterioration. <laughs> now, I'm, my mind is less deteriorated when I'm on music as opposed to when I'm on verbiage. So I'm thinking I might be a good candidate for this one. I don't know about you. <laughs> Raising Gluckstadt, is it a good time to put in new landscaping? Well, we're beginning right now, yes. Um, do your soil prep, get your plants purchased, and really as soon as the, the temperatures for, for things like shrubs and trees, particularly when the, but even some perennials, when the temperatures get safely in the low 70s or a little bit lower at night, it's the best time to start planting because your transplant shock will be so much less. That is to say, the plant is called on, obviously, to take up water from the soil, and those roots have been exposed, so they're not as efficient as they will be once they get growing. And the top of the plant is still trying to survive and be happy and it's to do all of its stuff, which is essentially to transpire the water that it takes up that it can't use. So if that rate of transpiration gets higher than the rate of uptake, the plant wilts and you have transplant shock and you don't know what happened. Well, what happened was you should have pruned the shrub before you put it in the ground, or you should have waited until the weather was cooler, or both. So, yeah, it's a good time to do it, just not today. Um, autumn will be here eventually, I promise. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it could be that. It is big. It, it might be. I love it. He's, he's been scratching his head for weeks on this tree. We're, we're going to figure it out, Bobby. Don't worry. I like it. I like, it's a pretty tree, by the way. This, the leaves look a little bit thin to be a chestnut, and they're not exactly serrated, but the nuts look like they could be, and they don't look like, the leaves also don't look like hickory or pecan, so we're in good shape for, for those. We're, we're on the right, we're on the same bean about that one. I, um, I think it's funny when you mention something and it immediately comes up uh, on, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said that they were working on, I think they're taking LSATs or some other, you know, tests like that. That's the one you take for law school, but there's other ones and I can't remember what he was going to take. But he said, I've been thinking about it so long, I'm, I'm exhausted. Not from the doing, just from the thinking. And suddenly... These things just fall into place. Uh, I looked in one of my science folders, and immediately there's a story to tell us publishing in Current Biology in earlier part of August. Why thinking hard makes you tired. <laughs> and I thought, well, I need to send this to my friend because um, he's, he's obviously in, interested in it. What they did was... They used magnetic resonance spectroscopy to monitor brain chemistry over the course of a workday. And by doing so, they were able to determine that, in fact, when you are thinking harder, it registers brighter. And when you're thinking harder, the result later is greater fatigue. They saw this. Uh, they're not measuring this by what you say. Okay, They're measuring it by reduced pupil dilation, 
Um, th- these are these are the kind of things. It's small numbers of people doing most of the work in the group. Those all of those things are the pieces that indicate to us that we've got uh, higher levels of glutamate in the synapses of the brain, which is our indicator. Okay, so I, I think there's there's not really a way around it. It's a thing to be aware of. Is um, if you if you are a writer or if you want to be a writer, people say to me frequently, you've written all these books, you know, you write a newsletter every week. How do I become a writer? The answer is, and it's it's really simplistic, go write something and then read it and then write it again. And then do that seven, several more times and you will, in fact, be writing because that's how it works. It's not something it's like learning to pitch a baseball. I can tell you all about it, but until you do it, you, you're not doing it. And you will you don't know as much as you will from that first paragraph that you write with intention, okay? Those are the things. Then someone will say, well, how do you write on a deadline? Because you've got to get it by, done by such a time. And how do you do that? And the answer is everything is available in small pieces. So that's why books are written in chapters. That's why newsletters are written in stories. And that's why you have to stop so that you don't end up thinking so hard that you get too tired to finish the project. Um, I've, been in, I've been so absorbed in writing at times that I literally had to set a clock to remind me when the children were going to get home from school so that I would get up and open the door. I mean, you, you can get deeply focused into something, and it can make you very, very tired. It's absolutely true. I love, though, that we have to start looking at our pupil dilation and stuff to figure out how tired we are. That's interesting. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. Really fascinating stuff. There's also a story that I did not grab, but I think is very interesting, and I hope that, that I'll get it to you next week. Um, it, it's about using, they're making artificial leaves to generate fuel. And I, I, since we've used that for cell towers, maybe we'll be doing that to generate the fuel that will in turn run the cell phones that are attached to that tower. What do you think? Am I overthinking this? Am I going to get tired? Well, we shall see. I will be more than happy to greet you again next Saturday. Get in touch in the meanwhile, Mama on air at yahoo.com. We're welcoming in Lance. And believe you me, Will is so happy because he will be able to sleep next Saturday. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, very, very much. Stick around now. There's more to come. This is Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Peace of mind goes a long way. As parents, we want to make sure our kids are taken care of in the future in all aspects, right? Especially financially. The Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services offers a savings program to help their clients achieve a better life experience by offering a way to alleviate some of the unknown financial worries. Mississippi ABLE is a federal program which enables individuals with disabilities to save money in tax-advantaged accounts that may be used for qualified disability expenses while keeping the eligibility for federal benefits. Learn more about Mississippi ABLE at 
MississippiAble.com. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. In times of fear, World Vision is there for the most vulnerable. For the last 70 years, we've been standing with kids and families through natural disasters, war, and disease, delivering life-saving aid and helping rebuild lives. And with every act of courage, faith, and love, we do more than just stop the spread of fear. We replace it with hope. Learn more at worldvision.org. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.